Today's guest is Chris Redding. Chris Redding lives in New Jersey. She graduated from Penn State with a degree in journalism. When she isn't writing, she works for a local dance studio and also does ghostwriting. Her books are filled with romance, suspense, and thrills. Chris, what made you want to live a more creative life? I'm not sure I ever really had any choice because I've always been creative. I've written stories since I was at least 10 years old. So it just was a natural thing that came to me and I didn't see any reason to live any other way. Do you plan your projects in detail or go with the flow? And why did you make that your process? I used to be a pantser. I used to just kind of start out on the journey and figure out where I ended up when I ended up there. But when, you know, you get involved with family and kids and schedules, I was unable to keep the story in my head as much as I used to. So I started plotting and I do about two or three levels of, of plotting until I come to a chapter by chapter outline. So I know what's going to happen in each chapter. And that way, if for some reason there's a couple of days between when I can write, I know where I am and I know where to pick up and I can keep going. I find that super helpful because there are too many times that I have looked at a manuscript and thought, wait, what? <laughs> Look at these people, what am I doing with them? Did I have a plan here? So yeah, you, usually I've got an, a lot more of an outline than that, but there are still moments where my brain is like, what? For me, it's often, what was that character's name? Like some minor character that's coming back again. So I, I do tend to have the chapter by chapter outline open when I'm writing. And I also make note of those characters' names so I don't have to go searching for them again. Oh, I have recently been exploring as many alternates for story Bibles as possible because it's amazing the number of people that I've had in a previous book that are coming back in this book and I can't remember their name or did I spell that with an I or a Y or mm. what was the name of that space station or any of these little things that really I should have a better grip on. Mm -hmm. Do you have another job? And if so, what are the pluses and minuses about that? Uh, yes, I work part-time as an office manager for a dance studio. Uh, I think the pluses of it is it's certainly gotten me out of my comfort zone. I raised two sons. So this whole being surrounded by girls is just a whole other world to me. And I think that expands my horizons. It's also inspired a cozy mystery set in a dance studio. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's it's different. It's different than anything I've ever done because it's not paranormal. It's nothing like that. But it's been fun. Once again, broadening my horizons. The minus is sometimes that I would prefer to work a little less <laughs> and write a little more and maybe not have my energy tapped by my job. I think that's true for a lot of people, that precious energy and boons or energy coins or however it is of how do we hoard them enough to use them only for our writing and not accidentally get them wasted by other people, mm -hmm. which is why I am often up at 4.30 in the morning, because that seems to be the easiest way to handle that. 
Well, thankfully my job is in the afternoon. I don't go into one or two, so I have the morning, which is good for me because that's when I'm most creative. Well, that is nice. What is something no one else knows about you that you wish other people knew and appreciated? Well, this is probably on a more personal level than a career level, but I find I'm a strong personality and I can be very snarky and I know that I probably come off more confident than I actually am, but I wish sometimes people would realize that, yes, I do have feelings because sometimes the things they say to me, I want to say, do you really understand what you just said to me and how not nice that was? I wonder sometimes if internet culture or something has lowered some of our filters all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a valid point. We don't know people. And it's funny because I do, I mean, I'm on social media. Everybody is, or everybody probably needs to be in some way to do what we do. But I still feel like, well, I don't want to say those things to people. I, I just don't see why people think they can. And I wonder sometimes if the sort of anonymity of behind the keyboard and the screen makes it easier for sometimes for some people to, to say things they would never say to someone's face. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, and I try to step beyond that. I try not to be that way. I mean, there's a lot of things I'll say to people, not because I'm mean. I would never be mean. That's definitely a big filter I have is don't be mean, don't be not nice. But sometimes people just aren't nice. <laughs> and sometimes some people need to be called out. But I will probably do that less on the internet than I do in real life. Just because it doesn't, you, you don't have a chance to explain yourself on the internet. And I think tone is so lacking. Whereas you can say one thing in person and your intonation and your facial expression makes all the difference. You know, when it's in flat text, it's why normally I would not put in a whole lot of emojis or whatever into a text. But sometimes if I think, oh, this could be read two different ways, it's like, here, please let me indicate to you, this is meant humorously. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, what do you do? Right, exactly. And I, I find sometimes I have the opposite effect is people take it as funny from me, which most of the time it is. But then when I'm being serious, people don't even understand it. You know, I once called a, a, a couple of friends out on something they did. And this was via email because it was, we're all writers. And, and the one person was, oh, I'm really sorry I did that. And the other person didn't react. And then the next time I saw them, I didn't bring it up. Just, you, know, you put it in your brain and say, okay, that's who that person is. And they ended up telling me that was the funniest email they'd ever read. Oh my. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you just go note to self. Okay. What are your favorite inspiration prompts, productivity tools, or creative routines? I don't know that I have any creativity prompts because I find inspiration everywhere. What I do like in terms of productivity is I love writing sprints, whether I do it with a group, because there's a group I belong to on Twitter that does it, or somebody I follow on Twitter. I have a group or two on Facebook, or sometimes I just set a timer on my phone. And for some reason, 
that deadline, I guess it's what it's, it's creating a deadline for me. And I tend to get the most done when I do that. I think sprints work for a lot of people and they're amazed at how much they can get done in a short time. Mm -hmm. I also know for some people, sprints are like, no, no, I need that long at least to really get in my people's heads. And I guess whatever works for getting the words done at the end of the day. Well, I've been a ghostwriter for seven years. So you get into the mindset of, I need to get this done. There's no waiting for the muse. There's no, oh, I don't know this. I don't know that. No, I need to know that beforehand. And that's why I plot. And then I need to be able to sit down and crank out what needs to be done today. Because then I have to go to work or I have to do this or I have to do that. So that's more my mindset from ghostwriting is because somebody's waiting for this. Do you think that working as a ghostwriter has helped hone your skills for your own books? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely. You, you tend to know what you need to write. You tend to be able to focus better because you have no choice. You've signed a contract with someone and said, I'm going to produce this in this many days. And they're not interested in hearing, well, you know, I just didn't feel like writing or I wasn't feeling it. No, it's not about feeling it. It's about doing it. And I can approach my own writing that way also. What three things do you wish you'd known earlier in your creative journey? Oh, wow. I guess one is how the biz how much the business was going to change, how much the publishing industry was going to change. If I could have had a crystal ball, I would have done some things very differently in the beginning. Number two, I wish that my journalism background, I wish that I had used that more in terms of expanding my ghostwriting and not just written fiction because I would have a little bit more of a copywriting career, things like that, that would be more useful and easier to find freelance jobs in. And I guess the third thing was, I wish I had a better discernment for what was good advice and what was bad advice. And I didn't have that in the beginning and I wasted some time. I think a lot of us struggle with figuring that good advice from bad advice, or even something that was good advice for that person, but not good advice for you. Mm -hmm. I think there's, you know, we all listen to, well, all sorts of things and, you know, people are doing well and how did you do it? How did you do it? But that doesn't take into account, you know, they're an entirely different person than you with different circumstances and a different brain and different backgrounds. And it may have been exactly what worked for them. But boy, it may not work at all for me. Right. Agree. Yeah. And I had some people insist because I write romance and they insisted, well, you have to write for Harlequin first. That's the only way to go. And what I write and how I write does not fit with Harlequin. Nothing against Harlequin or any other publisher, but... It just, it wasn't how I wrote. It wasn't how my brain worked. It wasn't how I, my stories came out. So I wasted some time trying to fit into the, a mold that I couldn't possibly fit into. Well, in my very vague recollection is Harlequin and a lot of the traditional romance publishers had very specific beat sheets as to what would happen when, and you know, that would be very hard to fit your story into if that's not how it was going. 
Mm -hmm. And that's what I found. It was very frustrating. What is the latest tool or resource you've discovered? I guess what I've been doing, not really latest, is I, Michael Haig, he's a really good speaker and he's got an outline, method of outlining that I've used for a while. I don't know that that's current or new, <laughs> but that's what I've been using for a while. And now you're making me think, well, dude, I need to mix something up here and try something new since I haven't for a while. Maybe, but honestly, if you've got something that works for you, go with it. It really does. It's how I plot out everything on Ghostwrite. It's how I plot out my books. And it gives me enough of a structure to get stuff done, a framework, but I can still be creative within that framework. This does not sound like a bad thing at all. No, it doesn't. I guess I use I have other ways to get out of the routine than that. Final question. What project or message do you want to tell listeners about today? Let me talk about my latest series that I'm actually writing the last book in. Uh, the fourth book will be out in February, February 28th, I believe it is. And it's about gargoyles. I had this fascination, of course, when I visited Paris and Notre Dame. And of course, the gargoyles sparked a lot, but I didn't do anything with them until I visited Ireland and went, hmm, Irish gargoyles, why not? So I had a series of Gargoyles in Love, and then I went to Gargoyles in Uniform, which is the latest series. And in each one, I tackle something that's going on in the world. But I give an explanation that it's goblins doing it. So it's kind of been fun to deal with current events, but put my own twist on why they're happening. And what's the title of the book that's coming out in February? One coming out in February is Stone Watchmen. I will definitely put a link to the website in your Amazon page so people can keep an eye out. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on this morning, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Okay, you too. Thank you. You've been listening to Pants On or Off, all about creators and the creative process. If you'd like to suggest a guest for a future show, please drop by ellenwynbooks.com forward slash guests. Now, go out there and make something fantastic.